What's happening? What's up? Got Patron in my cup. <laughs> the Mark Anthony. It's been a minute, dude. It's been a hella minute. It's been way too long, in fact. And um, I'm super excited about being on the podcast with you today. Real Talk with Mark Anthony. Introducing the one and only Tino Cochino, which is by far the most famous person I've had on my podcast. So, and- <laughs> for your podcast, then, because there I am not famous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I give you a word. You get to freestyle. We used to do this notoriously back in the day. And it, 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 that was the game. Every word that we spit out, we had to come up off the top. And I know we used to bag on school a lot with this and our little freestyle. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out a couple of words. You spit out the freestyle. You ready? Only thing sure. is, we, we, don't have any, we don't have any music, obviously, because I don't got the uh, roadcaster. I'm not doing it real big like my boy Tino. So we're just going to have to go. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go dry on this one, okay? So. All right. Um, first word is going to be Bluetooth. That's, is that two words? <laughs> it feels <laughs> like two words. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Mark said freestyle, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't know if you can handle this damn Bluetooth. Now that doesn't make sense, but I wait on another word. Mark, where you at? Let me know. Boom! Already, already. Okay. Um, let's see. I said already. We used to say that back in the day, too. Already. I remember that was uh, K104 in Dallas. They <laughs> Cat just, Daddy and all that. Yeah, yeah, already. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be on, on Tino's Instagram Live yesterday, and I didn't even know this. I hear you listening to some reggaeton, and I thought it was just you were just jamming out to, like, Nicky Jam or something. But sure enough, I'm listening, and who do I hear on the track? Me, you know, that's right. <laughs> so, what, what you're doing, like, you're you're gonna drop a reggaeton album. Is that the case? Is it yours, or you'd be are you a feature artist on someone else's album? This is what's funny. So, so I have a song that I put together featuring an artist by the name of Eric Bellinger, who is a, I mean, he has he has a big following all over, but he's specifically like extremely big on the West Coast, and he he wrote a ton of hit songs. He wrote On Chill for Wale. He wrote uh, Fine China for Chris Brown. I mean, he's wrote for Bieber, a lot of people. And so he just became a friend over the years. And so I had reached out with an idea for a song. He loved it. He jumped on it. I got it. Now there's another artist by the name of Victoria Lamala who has signed the Jay-Z's Rock Nation. Um, and she, I met her. We did an interview. It was really good. And that same song, I was like, dude, I really want to get a female. I think she'd kill it. So I reached out. She loved she jumped on it. So I was getting ready to release it as my single. And then they showed so much love that I guess Rock Nation wants to get it for her project. So that's kind of on standstill right now. And I'm trying to get all that figured out to see what's going to happen. Um, so we'll, uh, on a side note, I just, um, I'd love, I mean, I'm half white. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Lord, I'm half white. <laughs> I'm half Mexican. But I definitely relate just more to my Latino side. Like, I just the music, everything, just the culture. It's just me like when i hear whatever it is i don't care if it's salsa bachata reggaeton cumbia whatever it's just you know it just hits different and so i'm like dude i really want to like start tapping into that so even like the song with eric bellinger is a spanglish song um i have a friend aj crush who's a phenomenal singer i reached out to him with the idea of doing a song 100 percent in spanish and 
I kind of gave him my idea. He ran with it, produced a beat, came up with a hook, sent it to me. <clears throat> and I was like, dude, this thing is crazy. Let's do it. And so that's what I was playing on my Instagram live yesterday. Funny enough, I hit him up last night because I'm like, yo, I finally got my verse the way I want it because I don't speak Spanish fluently. And so I'm trying to just, you know, make sure my pronunciation is right. And I don't want to be right, right. Like, a, like a damn fool. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I finally felt comfortable with it. I sent it to him and he hit me back and he was like, hey, bro, um, you know, I'm kind of going a different direction in, in my life now. And I'm not really doing songs like that no more. I'm kind of more, you know, I'm like in tune with God and I want to be more positive. And I'm like, well, I respect that. But can I still have this song? <laughs> because I like it. <laughs> And so he said, yeah, I can still have it. So it's funny that I'm talking to you because the person I want to get on the song is DJ Kane, who I know we're also supposed to talk to at some point. So I want to try and set that up and get him on it because, dude, the song is crazy. And I think with him on it, he could take it to another level. So if Rock Nation gets the deal on their side, does that mean more money for you? Does that mean more royalties for you? Is that a better deal for you? How does that work? That's what we're all trying to figure out right now. Just kind of like, honestly, this is my first time dealing with a situation like that like everything i've ever put out musically has always just been like yo like we're homies let's just put it out if it does something cool we'll worry about the money later um but i mean obviously rock nation's a huge label so there's a lot more that goes into it and that's the thing like we're trying to i had to publish i have through bmi as a writer but i didn't have it as a production company so since we produced the song i'm having to start a production company and then get all the information to the lawyer and then now we got to get the splits figured out and then if they buy it it's a different situation for eric because then instead of just like on a homie thing it becomes a feature and it, it's it's crazy bro I like the behind the scenes that goes into it damn that's big time that's huge and so um i'm gonna be what do you guys have a name of of this of the is it an album is it are you just looking at singles or what are you doing are you are you uh, I think just singles the... for now. Like, if, if anything, okay. I'll probably I'll probably put out like an EP or something. Um, but I mean, again, it just depends, man. It's taking so long. I've been so focused. Like everything, every blood, sweat, tear, ounce of energy has been on this radio show, and it still is. But I finally have like the best producer in the world that has actually helped take a lot off my plate. Um, and now I have some extra time to kind of focus on on the music stuff, which I love. I mean, it's a passion. Um, you know, if I can get another three records together uh, on top of that I have now, then yeah, I'll probably put out like a, a cool little EP. Let's go with um, your radio journey from Lubbock to your circuit in Texas and then talk about how you ended up in where you're at in Phoenix right now and then how you went to syndication. So you're at you're at uh, the radio station at Lubbock. Another thing I was thinking about, which is funny that we used to do um, when uh, we were doing nights and the the cat across the street for uh, Z one hundred two. What was the dude's name? Started with a, it's uh, uh kid. Carson Carson Kid Carson Kid Carson. I knew it was Kid something, but I was telling the story about how when uh, we were on the air at nights and he'd be running a a promo or he'd be doing a contest, you'd be on the phone blowing up his lines, tangling up all his phone lines so nobody could get through to his phone lines at all. <laughs> I remember. What were we doing, bro? What was the point of that? I don't, I don't because that way, that way he could not run any bids at night. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> he, was like, 
<laughs> I just remember him answering every call and he would just get frustrated as hell. But no, just so many different things that we did um, back then. So you, you ended up doing nights starting out in Lubbock. And then from there you went to where? Uh, San Antonio. <clears throat> I was out there for, uh, for a couple of years, man. Some of the best years of my life, dude. I had so- uh, a couple of my best friends still live out there. Um, and yeah, I did nights. You're out hanging there out for- with, uh, go ahead. You were hanging out there with Michael Carmelino. You and him were doing doing a night show, night show, big things, or what? What happened to that guy? I remember he went Dude, from I don't know. to somewhere. I don't know what happened to Michael, man. I mean, I know he had moved to. I want to say it's Springs, um, where our show actually airs. And so I assumed if he was out there still, he would have heard it and uh, you reached, reached out. out. So yeah, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure where he is, man. He was a good guy. I uh, <laughs> he, he always showed me a ton of love, but I, I have no idea where he's at, man. So okay, you went to San Antonio, and how many years were you in there? Were in San Antonio? Yeah, I was in San Antonio for about two years, and then, well, I was there for three years, but our station flipped formats after two years, and okay. oh, that was the worst, bro. Because I was like 22, maybe, and you know, I didn't have no money, bro. Like. I never cared about them. I never started thinking about money in my radio career until I like turned like 29, bro. <laughs> and really? I'll put, I'll put, really? Yeah, bro. Because I, I was just having fun. As long as my bills were paid, then whatever. Like it was weird, bro. And I look back now and it was a stupid financial decision. Like, I mean, perfect example. Like I, I was in after San Antonio. Here, now I'm all over the place. Sorry. So San Antonio, our station flip formats. I didn't have any money, long story short. So I started promoting the clubs, obviously, and the DJ. I mean, it wasn't anything phenomenal. I was staying with a girlfriend at the time, and and it was just all over the place. Uh, my program director actually um, was like, "Look, I'm uh, I'm gonna move to LA, and I'm gonna DJ for Three Six Mafia if you want to come." And I mean, bro, I was young; I didn't have anything to do, so I'm like, "Let's go, let's try it." So moved to LA, sleeping on couches. Um, hanging out. I'm I'm doing like little opening DJ sets for Three Six Mafia and stuff whenever I can. And I mean that was fun. I, I made a ton of connections. But dude, we were living in Burbank, and I mean Burbank's one of the most expensive cities out there. And I'm making no money, so it was crazy. And I so I couldn't find radio work. And I was to the point I was about to get a job at Costco because there was a Costco across the street from where I lived. And I was like, well, at least if I go nice. there, if I go there, then I can you know I'll get discounts on food. And, and it, I'll try to make the best of it. And then, like, a, right, right. a week later, man, uh, program director in Bakersfield, California, reached out about an hour and a half north. Um, and they were interested. And so I went out there. And, dude, I spent, like, four years in Bakersfield. Um, did my thing out there. And it was actually a really good experience because I was able to build my name in California. Bakersfield's in the valley. It's like in the Central Valley. And so if you're going to San Francisco or to LA, you have to drive through Bakersfield. So I had a ton of people, like radio personalities that would reach out and be like, oh man, you sound dope. Or like Chewy Gomez in the Bay, who's a legend or whatever. People. This is it, dog. It's going down. It's going down for real. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had told me one time, I don't even remember who the hell it was, said that you had, and and this could no idea where I came from, but they said for Ryan Seacrest. Fact or not? So the way it worked was I was running the board for them for the first hour, but they weren't even in the freaking KISS building. 
they were um they were in the e building because Ryan was doing all the e stuff, and so they had built his own studio over there. So they would need someone to like help run the traffic and shit. So technically, I ran Ryan's board from five to six, but I mean, he still doesn't even know who the fuck I am. So. Oh, great. So you never like actually worked one on one with him or maybe you'd see him around, but no, I one of those things. I never huh? even saw him. He was never in the kiss building. He was always at E. Like he would, oh. he would like wake up and wow. do the kiss show from E and then go upstairs or downstairs or whatever and then do all the E stuff. So I yeah, I never saw him. He is. He definitely is. Yeah. Um yeah, But cool. yeah, man. So from uh from Bakersfield to Phoenix, and that was where I first met Mikey on my business part. Um and it was dope, man. He, uh, Mikey was one of the first P, the only two PDs that, like, I, well, I guess that's a lie. It's been in like sections. Like when I was a kid, Tony Monero was the PD, could have just been a jerk and kicked me out and yep. didn't, you know, he let me hang around and gave, uh, was, helped give me the name Tino Goshino and, um, really let me just kind of be around and soak up everything. So I'll always appreciate him for that. I haven't talked to him in years, man. I, I hit him up and I never got a reply. I don't know if I had a wrong email or what, but, um, I'll always appreciate him for that. And then my San Antonio PD, um, Eric Sean was phenomenal. He's the one that took me on the road with three, six. And he also like, he helped groom me, like really kind of show me, Oh, well, what, try it this way or try it this way. Or what if you did this or no, that's not good. But like he, he did a really good job. And then, I mean, every PD I've had has been dope in one way or another, like in Bakersfield, Jay Reed, really just kind of trusted me to do my thing and if something didn't work he'd call it out but nine times out of ten he kind of just let me do me and he knew it worked for the station and for the market and so that was dope but mikey was the type to always make me think a thing he was like the the catch tw- not catch 22 the uh he played plays devil advocate with you devil's devil's you advocate from all angles or- yes 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 and i mean dude it uh that was the whole reason that i ended up syndicating i had went to um Power 106 in LA for a, a audition for Nights. Um, and Jimmy Steele was the program director at the time. Great audition. I had a blast, man. It was so much fun. Um, and then I remember Jimmy called me the weekend after. And he's like, look, I don't know if we're for sure going to go with a new person. Someone that's already here might just step into that position. We're not sure. But if we do, it's going to be this much. And it wasn't a lot of money. And I couldn't believe it because I was like, dude, this is market two. Like, this is Los Angeles. This is right. market two. This is what people, this is the the end all be all for people. And I just couldn't believe the money, bro. Like the money that was offered, I literally made more than that in remotes in Phoenix. I told that to Mikey and Mikey's like, look, well, what do you want to do, man? I was like, dude, I just think I've got a really good show. I really think we just get radio you know, I, I like those PD names that I mentioned. I learned the best from them. And I've just been learning it since I was young. Like, if I'm not a master at this, then I'm not a master at anything. And I like, I really feel like I can create good radio. I want to syndicate it. And Mikey's like, well, I can help you do it. And we teamed up with Jason from the Mix Group. Shout out to Jason, man. That's my brother. Um, he was the first to believe in us and really help share barter and let us get out there. And then the rest is history, man. We started getting these cities locked in. We Once the syndicator came into play, shout out to Phil Becker in Portland, who hooked us up uh, with Yay Networks, which is the Kid Craddock company I mentioned to you. Um, we signed our syndication deal with them and then quit the radio station. And they just became an affiliate. But since we were in the market, we would just do our show from the affiliate radio station. It's crazy, bro. 
Well, so we're based. So the way it works is we're based in Phoenix. We do afternoons. Well, it's weird. It's like an afternoon night mix. So we're we're on at four, and the show's done at ten. Um, and then so basically, what we do the show from here is what we send out everywhere. We don't do two shows. I mean, like like I want people to connect whatever they're listening to here and connecting with here. I want them to connect with that in every market. And so I mean, literally, the, here we obviously localize it a ton like 1047 kids that fan blah 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 this prize is coming up or this promotion is coming up and our producer will you know kind of take all of that chop it up um and just take out all of the local elements but all of the actual content is the normal day-to-day show like nobody else is getting anything different it's the same show for everywhere okay and then how do they pay because i've had this conversation <clears throat> with people that they've not they've obviously and not a lot of people have the um the ability and the and the opportunity to syndicate and be successful at it the way that you have on your level. But how do you get paid? I mean, does every station pay you? Are you, are you, do they, are you paid based on the ads that they run on your syndicated show? We're paid in gold bricks and rubies. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all to the, uh, (laughs) the national barter deals and stuff like that. We've got a sales team that obviously we have X amount of stations. So when you approach a Walgreens or whatever, and it's like, look, you'll be heard by this many million, da, 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 da. And yeah, so it, it's about the average. Oh, okay, cool. I was, um, I was wondering about that. And so, um, and you're on here in Albuquerque, so everybody gets to hear you every night over here. And it's, I think it's dope as hell, of course. And so um, I thought because I watch your lives often and I, I know it's COVID and you guys don't, everyone's kind of like been on lockdown, but I was wondering, I don't know if you watch TikTok, but I saw this on TikTok and you know, those blue, those Bluetooth microphones that you can hook up to your car. People are cruising around in the city with their windows down and they're just like shouting random it's things funny, out in that, neighborhoods yes. or whatever. I thought it'd be dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, did you? I thought I was like, this would be so dope to see uh, IG live an episode where uh tino and his squad his family are out just in the streets of phoenix just ha- having conversation with random people via the bluetooth mic where do you buy I those was like mics? man that'd be a perfect yeah i'd love to watch that um i don't know i think that like i think a lot of them when you watch the youtube or the i'm sorry the tiktok specific video with the mics on them i think a lot of them will like link the the uh the microphone but That's i'm sure if you just google bluetooth car mic or whatever it'll i feel so up. old because because I, a lot of people are showing up with you get this or what's that when in reality 99.9 percent of anything you're looking for is on amazon and my fiance like my fiance knows that my fiance bro i'll come home every day and on step. <laughs> every day bro she's getting something ordered and i'm still not like that like, i like to go purchase it i like to walk around the store catch five what do i like, like that's my type of thing but she bro she's all about that ordering life i gotta i gotta catch up So the, I also, I follow you on all social media platforms, but on Twitter, now you posted some pictures of the mm-hmm. painting in your house. I guess you redid your, your bathrooms. Those are, is that your, that's your actual house. Those paintings yeah, are yeah, actually yeah. in your house. Bro, she's so dope, dude. I'll have to send you okay. some pictures or maybe even I'll send you one. If you like one of the ones um, you just worked on, I'll send it to you as a gift. Um, she just, she's so dope. I, for. Oh, dope. is like creating and designing like baked goods. So cakes and cupcakes and all that type of stuff. And she just got this eye and precision 
that's crazy. And I remember one day she was saying something about a painting when we first started dating. You know, <laughs> you try and be cute when you're first dating a girl. And she's like, yeah, I can do this. And you're like, oh, I'm sure I to see it. And in your head, you're like, yeah, right. This shit's going to suck. <laughs> um, and she showed it to me and I could not believe it, bro. I was like, wow, you're, like, <laughs> you're really, really dope. And so that's one of her goals, man. She wants to just, um, you know, quit everything and really just start her own business doing stuff like that. And then during quarantine, she... um again she was bored she's working from home and then i'm gone all day so she hasn't had anything to do she's like let me pick up painting let me just start messing with it and i mean dude she's just it's crazy bro yeah our bathroom she killed it both bathrooms she killed now she's doing canvases and i honestly so don't think she's thought of it that's a great i'm gonna tell her that's a great idea that'd be so legit not only just to showcase her work but you can yeah. make mad loot that way too you're in market number two los angeles you're basically like living all of us that love radio you're living our dream right now you're at the same station as big boy you know i saw you chop it up with with him on air like would you ever if you could rewind you know what i mean to be on the same radio station with somebody like big boy i mean how does that how does that feel like what is that like i've always wondered you know in my head like oh my gosh i would love to be in new york i'd love to be in la i'd love to be in a top it's five market and here you are sometimes like, it doesn't feel it real, real. what is that feeling in the market you know um and one of the things I like to talk, the problem is now the world you're in, it's like you want to share accomplishments, but then people mm -hmm. think you're bragging or flexing or whatever. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm trying to motivate, dude. I'm trying to show you that I come from Lubbock, Texas, and I worked in this fucking, had a, this conversation about the racism in America and uh, the judicial system and so many different things. And it was just a real conversation. And uh, to be able to, you know, share moment that with the legend is is dope and inspiring because I want people to look at me one day. I want like like how they look at him, how they look at Ryan, how they look at whoever. I want them to look like that one day. Like, bro, I can't believe I was on Tino's show. You know what I mean? I was actually at the at the Lubbock station about a year ago. I drove out there to go, you know, visit the old fam, the squad. I went back and walked in the same halls and went in the building, and it was just crazy. It was so crazy because it's just all these memories, just you know flooding my mind here and just remembering certain things it was just so crazy to be out there but it was cool i mean it's 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 different it's a little bit different from back then of course but still i mean the the setup the rooms are still where the rooms were in the offices and the hallways and i'm like damn here's the here's the question i was thinking about this like but here's the question so i went up to uh go pick up a there's this place there's a, a pizza joint over here so i went to go pick up my my food and then i'm like okay well if you go pick it up yourself you would like walk in and you just go grab it from the counter. Are you are you still supposed to tip in that situation? Like when and where do you feel like you should tip all the time, or do you think there are certain circumstances where you feel, as for example, if you're going to go pick up your food, get out of your car, walk in, walk it's so funny the counter, because you still think Nicasio, you should tip one of our co-hosts is the worst comes to tipping, bro. Absolute worst. He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> like he does not me. Yeah, I don't know, bro. He's he's very different. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with him? For me, like that example you said, you got off the car, you went to get it. No, they don't get a tip because they're being paid to do their job, and they did their job. Now you had to get off the car and go do it. So no, they don't need a tip. Now if they deliver it to you, yes. Or if you're yeah going out and you have a waiter then yes, you tip either way, especially now because, you know, Loki, they're putting their life on the line. You're a stranger. They don't know if you have COVID or not. They don't know what's going on. They got to be in a certain, you know, area with you and they're, they're risking their health. So yeah, I definitely think in those types of situations, yes. But like if I'm at 
And even though, yeah, they made my, maybe you disagree with me. I don't know. I would love your opinion on it. But if I go to Chipotle and you make the burrito or whatever, I don't feel I should tip that because that's low key your job. Yeah, that's where it gets, that's where the lines get kind of blurred, right? They do have their little tip jar. I'm, I'm in the camp where like, if I have, you know, some cash in, in my pocket, a couple bucks, whatever, I'll toss it in the, uh, I'll toss it in their little jar. If I don't have cash, I'll just pay, you know, the regular price. I'm not going to put a, t- a tip on there under that premise. But I was like, I did that the other day and I signed for the, the I walked in, got my food, signed the the bill, the receipt. And I, and, and that one instance i didn't tip because i got out like you said i got out walked in walked up to the counter got my food took it back out they didn't it wasn't even curbside service so and then i walked out feeling kind of like bad i was all should i have tipped under that you know what I, or am i not and i was like i'm gonna address this like latino to, and see what you would i've done. noticed they do we're like on the same page with it. where they'll just ask you what well, do you want to round it up like if you pay with a card and they'll say okay well do you want to just donate the remaining 97 cents to whatever they should start doing that for even for tips like Okay, well, do you want to donate the rest of the servers? And then I mean, imagine all because nine times out of ten, the person's gonna say yeah. Cause it's like, ah, 87 cents, cool. But that 87 cents throughout the day or however much it is from every customer that comes, that could add up into one big pot. And then at the end between the servers, that could be dope. That's actually a really good idea. That's actually a really great idea. I didn't think about that because that that makes total sense. Do you have any like weird or toxic rules for yourself that don't make sense to anybody else? Like for me, for example, I have this what I call the three ring rule. So when I call anybody. I only let it ring three times. And if they don't pick it up, I just hang up. I don't even let it go to voicemail. And then people will say like, well, we didn't let the phone ring long enough. And I'm like, well, my my ideology is if you can't pick it with the phone by the third ring, you're, no, I don't you're think busy. It's weird. We're not like, going to pick it up. We're at a point is that now where a, a person's phone is in their hand. I feel like 90% of the time. And if it's not in their hand, it's in their pocket. It's on a table within the vicinity. So yeah, if they want to talk, they're going to answer within three rings, man. Okay, cool. So I'm calling the three ring. What about you? Do you have any weird, like little toxic rules for yourself, whether it's that or like relationship rules or just ship rules or rules that you have with your coworkers or just in society like in general? Like things sense. that you made up for yourself that really don't stupid, make any sense to anybody else. I told all my coworkers, I literally had a swimming match, but everybody was in the room and I told them all, Listen, if you're going to text me, don't text me yo before. Because Nicasio always does it. He'll text me yo and then not say anything. And then I have to respond and wait to know what he needs i'm like just get to the point and he's like well i'm trying to get your attention i said bro when my phone rings that's how i'm gonna get the attention when i get the notification boom have my attention now let me see what you have to say and he does not understand that concept and bro like i know it sounds stupid but him and mikey our affiliate manager they both do it yo 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 god damn it man just get to the point my phone rang say what you want get to the point i just hate my time being wasted and i know it's only a couple of seconds but i'm just i'm impatient like that and it's really weird to me when people do that so we're in dallas it was new Year's. how did you propose to her where Um, were you guys at she had never been and i was djing a club and one of the things when we first started dating every time i had you know how djs are too when dj when you have gigs and stuff a lot of times you don't want your girl to come or be right there with you because you know you want to flirt around a little bit and do whatever but with this girl, I didn't care. I was like, no, you're fucking sexy. <laughs> right, right. Like, I, I love being with you. Be with me. Stand right here. Come on. Be my fucking arm candy. It's all good. And and that was one of our things. I would have this club gig at this outdoor spot uh, in Phoenix called The Cabin. And it was just such a dope vibe, man. Super packed. And uh, it was just, it was, it was awesome. And so she'd come and I'd be playing. At the end of the night, we'd be playing vibey music. And the one song that she would always get down to was Usher, Hey Daddy. And that just became our song. We'd be in a card bond, feel good. So we're in Dallas, New Year's Eve. Um, 
it's about 15 minutes before 2020. I start playing the instrumental to Hey Daddy. I jump on the mic. I'm talking to the crowd. And then my best friend who actually lives in Bakersfield flew out and he's recording the whole thing. And I just get on the mic and I'm like, yo, man, shout to da da da. They're in the house celebrating their anniversary tonight. And I'm trying to start something similar. And I turn around and got on one knee, proposed to her on the mic in the club. She said, yes, they brought the bottles. And then I played Hey Daddy. And so it was, it was, oh, it was a cool little moment. Some people were, wow. you know, people, bro, you can't do anything right. People online were like, how would you do it at the club? You're so tacky and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, this was our moment. Like it had special meaning for us. Like nobody else's opinion matters. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure in Phoenix, where you guys gonna um, get we were planning every, we, we keep planning everything this year. Then obviously everything just kind of got shut down and she uh, has family in LA that she wants to to travel. And so, we just everything's kind of on standstill right now. So more than likely, I mean, uh, spring next year, maybe I don't. Know, I guess it kind of just depends on where the world's at. Totally. So as somebody who's constantly in a spotlight, and you're always like your image is always out there, your videos are always out there. Like, how much of a priority do you emphasize on health and fitness? Um, because for me, it's it's huge. I think anytime that you're, um, I just in general, whether you're in, in media entertainment television or not i'm always an advocate of, of health but how do you feel like do you and and then how do you portray that to your squad i remember one time watching um what was the show with diddy back in the day where he was kind of like a real-time show real talk show where he was uh oh, making a band making the band trying yeah. to form a band remember and he would have maybe making a band there we go that's what it was and i remember he used to tell him he used to be very he used to be a stickler on health and he would say, you know what happened to Joe Levert? You saw what happened to this individual. He's like, you need to have, like, you, you, you need to be fit. You've got it. Your fitness has got to be everything. So how do you feel about that, like, personally? And then if if it's important to you, do you also try to get your, your teammates and your squad on that same level just because you want that longevity? And you guys, of course, well, you, I mean, want, it's definitely, you want health definitely, and success for everybody. Important. I take it more serious now than I ever have. Um, I think when you're younger, you, I mean, if you have it when you're younger, that's awesome. Um, but I feel like the older you get, that's, you start to realize it more. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I noticed right when I hit 30, my metabolism switched up <laughs> and, and they sticking to me a little more than they, they used to. And I mean, even now, <laughs> like, bro, I hit the scale recently and you know, I'm five, nine and I stepped on a scale and it's at two Oh two. And I was like, what bro? Like mm-hmm. to me, I was like, like, there's no way I weigh that. And I felt really like, you know, just disappointed in myself, bro. Producer Matt. Matt, his wife is a, I forget how you say, naturopathic doctor. Um, I think that's the wrong term, but something like that. And they do the super like uh, organic, uh, gluten-free. They do all that. And so once he started coming in with us every day, it's kind of his escape from that. So he's been eating McDonald's and Taco Bell every day. (laughs) And so we're trying to get him out of it. Like, dude, stop it, stop it. Live life a little bit. But even he said the other day, man, I got to get back on my bike and and start, you know, doing my like 10 miles or whatever. So I think we're all aware, you know, so I think we're, we're definitely all aware. And it's one of the most no, important okay. things uh, in, in all of our lives, I think, at the moment. The cool thing about about you guys being in the Phoenix area um, or just any any big city is that they're so progressive and you have tons of options to eat out healthy where like here in Albuquerque, there's really, it's very hard to find a place that's dedicated to extreme health or healthy picks. I mean, yeah. Could you pick something at any restaurant you go to? Could you legit go to Chili's and eat something that's semi-healthy? Yeah. But it's not really, it's not, 
designed a new a plate of you know something that's mm-hmm. salad and clean eating and, and chick chicken breasts and whatever that looks like. It's kind of like though they have they have it for Would you it work out there, but it's not. That's not the whole reason you went over there. Would it there, work out right? there? Like, do you think the city would embrace it? What's that? You know what? I think at least one place would do very well because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, meal prep places out here that are around the city that are popping up, but no one's really doing it right. Like there's no place where you can, there's no drive-through, which I don't understand. There should always be a drive-through where you can say, okay, I'm in the, I'm in a field today. I'm driving around. I need to stop. And I'm, I know there's a healthy spot where I can just go drive through and pick up my, you know, my healthy quick meal and my healthy food. So I think that needs to be established out here. I think at least there's probably the city's big enough to where it can, you know, at least three on different ends of the city would be, would be well, but it's not nowhere near, the, the atmosphere, the type of things that we're going to be getting in Phoenix or uh, LA or Miami. Or, I, I can't wait to get out of Albuquerque, man. Like it's that. been a so, minute. I mean, we that haven't one been there since sucks. we've been on the air. Um, but, um, and I so, keep telling Carlos, I'm like, bro, I want to get out of there. And he knows. So, I mean, as soon as everything uh, calms down really? or something makes sense, man, we want to get out there and just, you know, kick it, man. And I love that Nas worked with Hit Boy. I love that it is so, Hitboy, so man. good. Hit Boy's got this, uh, it's just ear for hip hop. But I mean, you know, being from the IE and like Riverside area, like he just, uh, it's a different perspective. So it's a different perspective of hip hop, but it's still so hip hop. And then to team him with uh, like a legend like Nas and get both of their different perspectives, you know, on, on one project together. I mean, I think, I just think Nas brought a different level of production out of Hit Boy and vice versa. I think Hit Boy brought a different level of Nas out um, as, as far as, you know, lyrics and delivery go. And it was just—it's refreshing to hear, man. It's really good. Still, one of my my most prolific in-person in- interviews, as far as like um, the hip hop community, hip hop clout, hip hop legend, was definitely Nas. That was cool. But he was super high when I interviewed him. He was super, super high, and which is not uncommon. But I, I thought it was interesting that he was uh, on an interview recently in a Breakfast Club. He was talking about why his collaboration with biggie never <laughs> saw the light of day he just said he got too high he said he was in the studio and big and big was rolling up some of that chocolate tie and um he said that he just zonked out he said that they were supposed to do a couple of songs and then charlamagne had asked him like well why didn't you go back the next day and i said oh, i was yeah. still high the next day and it just never happened can you imagine like just like here's your i mean nas is already a legend in his own right but i mean to collaborate with biggie and you just miss it completely because you just got you know so trash you got so zoned it's out it's so funny because i was reading that happened. headline literally right so, before you and i started talking and i didn't know the story so you just informed me that's nuts bro that is so nuts i always wonder too like when okay so you you see a lot some of these rappers that do you know coding and some scissorp whatever they're you know pills whatever they're doing, and then they go on stage, I often wonder how they even remember Bro. the lyrics to their songs. Have you ever been in a, in a situation where you've, like, performed a club and you've just been so, like, buzzed or drunk where you're like, damn, I really 100%. hope I not forget song. my lyrics? It was the first song I ever put out, like, to really, really push, and it was called Diamonds and Patron. And we had sampled... Uh, yeah, yeah. And so we had sampled DJ I remember Passes, that song. Uh, got I remember diamonds that song. Yep. on my neck, got Patron in my cup. So no matter what city I went to, people just turned up to it because they knew the original. So they just thought it was me. They didn't give a fuck. And so they were turning up, bro. I remember we were in Reno and I don't really smoke like that. I like to drink, but I don't really smoke like that. And 
all the guys from the radio station were smoking. And I, come on, man, here you go, man, come on, man. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my record added. So I'm like, oh, yeah, let's kick it. Let's smoke, baby. So I'm smoking with everyone, bro. We got to the club. It's packed. I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm about to kill it. I'm about to kill it, bro. I went on stage and forgot every word. I was just standing there, and I just lip sync the whole what? time. I, I just tried to cover my mouth and lip sync. Bro, I just, <laughs> I'll never forget that, bro. And I never smoked, like, before a performance or anything after that, ever. <laughs> You didn't pull I a did, full bro. whole ass Millie Vanilli at the club. Did anybody? Did, 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 did sure anybody know? Did. did anybody know that you were? But I mean, you know, hopefully everyone just fucked up and they didn't care. What, what's your most um, embarrassing radio moment? Shit, man. One comes to mind from San Antonio. I mean, that's probably the worst one. I had a listener call in, and it was like eleven o'clock. And you know, you just do a random shout out or whatever. And so some girl called in to like mess around and say, "Yeah, I want to shout out to this motherfucker, motherfucking fuck, 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 bitch, bitch, bitch," and every cuss word. And then so I was like, oh, okay. Well, then how about, what did I say? I was like, oh, okay. Well, shout out to this motherfucker. Da, da, da. So basically, I just mimicked her, but I was cussing too. So I'm editing the break. Everything's good to go. I hit my last bleep. Cool. So I hit play. Because I just thought it was going to be funny, whatever. I hit play. Everything's good. Everything's bleeping. Beep, 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 beep. All good. I forgot to bleep out all of them. So... Bro, I'm talking like 15 seconds. Like, yeah, motherfucker, bitch ass, oh, ass motherfucker, lick a oh. pussy ass, dick ass. Bro, just, and I was so shocked that I, you would think just turn it down, but I couldn't. <laughs> I froze. I let the whole thing play. And then I had dead air for like 10 seconds after because I'm just shook. I didn't know what to do. And then I just hit the sweeper and then put it in auto. And I literally left. I, I had like 45 minutes of the show and I was like, fuck that. I just left. Oh. And no one ever called me out. I guess no one listened to the 11 or. <laughs> No one cared. I don't know, but I'll never forget that. I know your heart dropped. I know your stomach was just like turning. <laughs> I know that feeling too much. That's so funny. What's oh, your bro, favorite no, place if, to you eat? Need to come out like here. if I ever roll oh, out, like what's the spot? What's the door? We're going to go to Stick 44. And if they don't have a reservation, okay. we'll go to Ocean 44. Same company, but Ocean 44 kind of, they dabble in seafood a little bit more. But Stick 44 is the original and it's just I mean, phenomenal, bro. Okay. Yeah, you you got to. Damn, bro. I'm out there as soon to. as COVID is done, man. I'm I'm in. I am in. How, do you do you like allow your friends like from out of town to crash at your crib? Or are you the type that's like, nah, motherfucker? No, you no, get I'm cool. I mean, room. luckily we don't I'm have bro cool. guests over before, our house. Um, I've How had friends. First of all, yeah. I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> to be very clear, I just don't have a lot of friends, bro. Like, yeah, and it's not that I'm a jerk or don't mean to. I just I'm. It, I Small always circle. go back to work, but it's just kind of what it has been. I put so much into work that I haven't built a lot of friends outside of it. Like my my best friends, like I'm talking like talk to, I don't even want to say talk to, but that I consider best, best, best friends that know like deep dark personal secrets are two people are in Bakersfield, California. If I don't talk to them every day, it's still like that relationship where it's like, boom. And I'm acquaintances, you know, there's a lot of people, but as far as people that want to stay at my house, I've always been very protective of it just because, you know, it's where I lay my head at night. It's where my fiance is. But I mean, depending on who it is, obviously, if you came out here, you're more than welcome to stay at the house. Um, it just it just really depends. But um, I think that's one thing I've always wanted. Like, I've always wanted a house where it's comfortable, where if someone that I'm close to needs somewhere to stay, then hell yeah, I got you. So, I'm, I mean, I'm open to it for the right people, obviously. Right. What's your next move? Like, you're you're already in over mm -hmm. 60 uh, markets across the U.S. It's only growing. I think I saw what is yeah, that, yeah, is Alaska. Your most recently uh, just to get a sign on Alaska. Is that the, the, the latest? Do you do you go run your own stations now? Do you want to stay on air for a little while? Do you want to be in a completely different realm? Do you want to go over to like 
Apple? Do you want to go um, over to XM? Are you I mean, cool doing what you're doing for a few more years? Like, what wise, like? There's obviously still markets I want to conquer. Like I want uh, the three that I have like in my sites that I really want to lock in are San Francisco, uh, Chicago, and Atlanta. Um, so I syndication wise, I really like those markets. As far as us, I mean, there's still a ton to do. You know, like okay. I still want a prime time spot in Los Angeles. I want afternoons or I want mornings uh, in LA because. You know, that's just kind of the mecca. That's where it is. And if we, we've we been able to build this show, and it's one thing I pride myself on, we've been able to build this show without celebrities, you know, and it's not a shot at any other show because if you have the access, then shit, awesome. Like, obviously, if we have the access, I'm not going to turn down an interview, but we don't have Might that well, access. Right. And so to be able to, in three years, get 60 markets on a show that's solely based on our personality, uh, I'm definitely proud of that. And I know if we had a primetime spot, in Los Angeles, it's not even going to make sense the level of success that this show will or will gain just just by that alone. Um, I want to take it to TV, you know. I want to host, um, and then obviously at the same time, I would love to figure out some type of. I'm not I'm not opposed to XM. I'm not opposed to Apple. Um, I want to get you know like the Howard Stern deal, like the Joe Rogan deal. Like I want somebody to come in and be like, look. We want to put you everywhere, but you're solely with us. And here's the check. For those of you who have not checked out Tino Cochino Radio or don't follow him on um, IG or YouTube or his website or the stations or the thousands of places where you can find him, is that they, you know, not only are they successful, but they're successful um, individuals in the Latinx community, successful minorities, which is major. I mean, it's major. So you guys are not, you guys are just killing the game. In, in all angles and all facets and it's just so cool so amazing to see um from like where, where, where when i met you to see where you're at right now it's just it feels cool because like you know what i mean even though um you know i was and i'm sure carlos feels the same way even though we were just you know um part of your journey for you know a short period of time we were still it, it still feels good because it still feels like team you know what i mean You know, Tupac said one time, as long as one of us got it, some of us got it. And, you know, that that's kind of the way that I feel. So, I, you know, I take I take a lot of pride in seeing you do what you do. And I thought it was funny, too, because uh, we had mentioned you had mentioned Tony Monero earlier. And I was telling um, my coworker, a couple of coworkers, I said, the funny thing is, is that if if there were no Tony Monero and he's out here in Albuquerque, still killing the game years later, I mean, there would be no. Carlos, there will be no Mark Anthony and there will be no Tino if uh, there was no Tony Monero. You know what I'm saying? You're so enmeshed in, in Albuquerque culture more than you realize. I mean, everybody gets to hear you every day, which is huge, which is amazing. And then not to mention is that you have ties to Albuquerque as well. You know, just people, you know, you have your, your old coworkers, your homies, your fans. Billy manager Mikey spent a lot of time in Albuquerque when he used to work on uh, Kiss and I think he was on Wild and um, I mean, yeah, Albuquerque's a dope place. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, Mikey was my pee for a while. Yep, he was, man. Mikey was cool. He was super cool. And um, so it's just, I just I'm 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 cheering for you. I wanna, you know, I'm looking forward to everything that comes your way. You deserve everything that you've done. I think that um I am not surprised at anything that you've accomplished. 
nothing. Nothing surprises me at all because you've done it the right way. Your work ethic is on point. You know what you know your shit. You're you're good at what you do. As far as creating content, um, what what do you feel your most powerful tool is? Like like social is everything, right? Like that's our thing. Like we literally the videos and the content we create for social media might not even be stuff we talked about on the air. Usually it is, but sometimes we'll create content just for social media because if people don't even know who you are, listen to you on the show, they could still find it on the Explorer page on Instagram, or they could still find out a. a Excuse me, they can find out about you in LA. And so, like, for instance, like Instagram is without a doubt for TM Radio, it's our biggest platform. TikTok, it didn't really hit for us. Either way, for us, Instagram is key. And so, for instance, it's just about following the trends. So, like right now, Instagram, they just revealed their their version of TikTok, which is reels. And so you know, on a normal video we put out, we get anywhere from, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand views, whatever, something like that. Now we were like, well, let's let's try and experiment with reels because if it's their new thing, maybe they open the algorithm a little bit more. And so for this week, we dialed back all the talking on our videos and they're all 15 seconds or less. We shot them differently. That way they fit for the reels format. And bro, the numbers have quadrupled. And it's clear that, that it's something new that they're trying to push. They want to see it. So they're going to open the really? algorithm and they're going to help you push it. The videos of every one of them have ended up on the Explorer page. And even like on real, we'll post in LA and on a normal video that we would post that might get 10,000 views because they obviously have a bigger platform. Now on uh, the, the reels that we're using for them are 40 to 60,000 views. Yeah. So it's just about, I think really paying attention to what's going on. Like, I think if we would have, TikTok was almost like if we would have jumped on it from the start and really kind of tried to get I think it it would have been more beneficial but since we waited till everybody was talking about it we were like all right I guess we should get it I think we messed up so I think it's about you know trying to be forward thinking trying new things always being open to criticism you know what I mean like even now like we're super successful but I'll talk to certain I never think we know it all. I think we have a good idea of what works, but I'm always down to to better our best. You know what I mean? I just if I'm going to take advice, I just want it to be from someone that that makes sense, you know what I mean? You can't if my friend uh Pedro came at me and who's who's a, a landscaper and was like, "Hey bro, what if you did your video this way?" I might not listen to him because Pedro has no experience in it. But but you, someone that I know has radio experience and knows about actual audience, <laughs> right. your opinion, uh, it, it would be valid to me. You know what I mean? So many people get afraid to, they, they want to create content, but they're insecure about maybe being on camera, what they look like. They feel that they may not be good behind the camera. I don't really, I don't feel comfortable on camera. Maybe they were self-conscious about the way they look, about the, them not being in shape. Like, how do you, were you ever there? Were they ever there? And how did they overcome that? I mean, for me, I can speak for me personally at first. Um, I mean, I always hated my voice. Um, and even up until, I don't think I found, I don't, I don't think I found myself and who I really am until maybe two years ago, man. Like a lot of, I mean, you know, a lot of radio personalities turn on the mic and you, you talk from your stomach a little bit or, hey, what's up? It's no, no, no. Or you, you throw more into it than what you would really talk of. It's just like us having a conversation. And a lot of people do that. I mean, I've done it again up until the yeah, past right. two years, probably maybe three. 
we got talent coaches and it would really set us down and like, look, man, you just want these people to feel like they're really having a conversation with you. That's why podcast interview, like that's why Joe Rogan is so damn successful because when you're listening to his podcast, dude, you feel like you're in that damn room with him. You're just two people. That's why your podcast is working. I'm sure that's why people are listening because they feel like they're just listening to you. They're just part of this conversation. And so it's got to be the same way on the radio. So I finally started to understand that. And now when I hear my voice, I'm not like, ah, I'm just like, oh, whatever. That's me. You either like it or you don't. I don't want people to, if you're here because you enjoy it, awesome. And if you don't enjoy it, then why would you be here anyway? I don't want that. So, I, you know, you want people to just love you for you, but you got to love you <laughs> before anybody else can love you. You just got to do it. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to get, you could be afraid of being good at it, but you're not ever going to be good if you don't try. You know what I mean? You got to be bad before you can be good. I think it's just about trying to find that self-confidence. I mean, that's something that we deal with, uh, with Raquel right now, our female co-host. She, um, you know, she's very secure with her fitness and her body and stuff, but then she'll see something on camera and she'll be like, oh, I don't know. Or, oh, what if I say this and someone thinks a certain way of me? And she's really, she still fights that battle. You know what other people think. The only way to overcome it is to just, you know, do you. You got to just try. And I think the more you do try and, and fail, you learn from it. Oh, well, that's why I went wrong. Well, now here's how I make it better. And there's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be trolls. Like even when I'm in your Instagram live and you know, because you see the comments, there's always going to be people that are hateful and say, ridiculous stupid shit and you just have to ignore him and you do you and um you know no realize that no one else matters but you look at a troll's page they don't even have their own face as their avatar man or it's some weird ass name it's because they're insecure and that's why they're coming at you because they see that you're you're secure this enough is true to chase it you're secure enough to be successful you're secure enough to make fun of yourself i think that's a big thing too in radio and i try and i, I Raquel's slowly starting to open up to that. I think Raquel always thought like, but I'm the girl, so I'm supposed to just be cute. I'm like, dude, if you're goofy, girls fuck with that. That's why all these girls on TikTok that do dumb shit have fucking quadrillion views because other girls can relate to it. Cardi B's the perfect example. Nicki Minaj is unrelatable, bro. When Nicki Minaj is going, oh, I want to go blah, 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 and doing all that crazy shit. Becky on a Becky on the South Side doesn't know how to fuck to relate to that. But Cardi B's fucking <laughs> yeah, twerking yeah. or eating crab legs and fucking doesn't know proper nope. english <laughs> sometimes that's cool because we all have a like that or that's us and it's relatable so that's what it is man i think <laughs> yep. it's just about we all have these insecurities we don't want people to see us a certain way but if you're just you man it's it's gonna shine through and, and the people that matter will get it on one of your podcasts because you have yeah, I don't the know air how check podcasts yep. you have but you do have one it's called air is it the air check or is it just air check the air check so um the premise is that you are interviewing other radio personalities other radio legends and um i was just wondering and you've had some great ones so far um you know like i think you and i both have been a fan of jojo kiss fm in la for the longest time and then there's I, there's these other cats that I, I was just wondering i was gonna put three names out there just to see if they were oh i saw you had strawberry on there as well i was what are the odds that you're gonna get rick d's on there oh yeah yeah um there's let's see i thought about rick d's i don't know if you remember domino and then there's this old school cat named jojo kincaid and we're talking like old okay. school, but if you ever, if you go to like California Air Check, you'll find him. If you YouTube Jojo Kincaid and listen to his breaks, this dude is, at, he's phenomenal. It's, it's just insane. But those three, I was like, I would love to hear you chop it up with any one of those three cats or all three of those cats. Just Rick Diesel. What, like, because they were, they were definitely like pioneers in the What's industry. Funny is I haven't they've been doing it for so, him, so long. Crazy, they've been but in it's like, like the biggest you, you know, sometimes you just think people are unreachable. Um, 
but I'm sure I could. I mean, if I just, I'm, I'm sure I could. It's not like he's just doing all kinds of shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably living a. You have access to anybody you want. You I know, know he's still going to be like, yo, company, I, believe. I got you. I mean, the Wait, what is Rick Dees doing anyway? Uh, no, I don't even have from I heart. About um, so I know that's still going on. But as far as what he's actually involved with, I don't know. Which would be, uh, I guess, a great conversation. Like, yo, what the hell's been up, man? Oh, okay. I'm going to look into that. That'd be awesome. I mean, same thing for, you know, he's the president of iHeart Latino. I don't know him. I just hit him like, yo, man, you want to do a podcast? I kind of explained the premise to him and he actually hit me back because he's like, of course I know. Let's go. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. Like, it, it's weird, bro. That's that's why I love that podcast specifically is because I'm just talking radio. You know what I mean? Like the podcast with uh, with JC, he really opened up and we talked about Kid Craddock passing. Well, right. And right. that was so good. I mean, it's a, it, it's a fun podcast. And yeah, I, I, uh, I think we stopped episode 10, gave it a breather, and then I think we're getting ready to pick it back up uh, like mid-September. So I was 100% looking to the Rick D's situation for sure. One thing that I thought about too is when you were mentioning like finding your voice, I think that um, that that's important for people that are not in radio. When you first get in, you listen to a lot of personalities and you want to kind of find your niche and you pick up a lot of things from different people and you try to create your own sound. So I remember for a long time, I would listen to a lot of people. I would um, li- listen to what they do. You would try to incorporate things that they do into your personality and your program. But then after a while, I got where I said in a long time, like, I don't listen to anybody anymore for the longest time, just because I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. And I just want to be me. I just want to do me. I want to have my personality. I don't want to be anybody else. I don't want to have, I don't want to sound like anybody else. I don't want to do it like anybody else, but there's a lot that I've learned and been able, it's like an NFL or NBA player that grew up watching Kobe or Mike or whoever their favorite player was. And they like, they want a little Kobe. They want a little LeBron. They want a little uh, Steph Curry in them. And they put that together, but they make themselves their own player. So I I totally get that. But you know what I mean? It's like, look, he knows he's one of the greats. He doesn't want to let me get in the studio. That's right. And I'll put it out. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, whatever, that was me at the time. Let's, um, you know, as soon as COVID, is complete. Let's get down there. Plus, it's too hot for me in the summertime anyway, so I'm glad. I'll be more than happy oh, to be there too, yeah, no, when yeah. the, we'll you know, make, in the sure fall and the winter time because I know the weather is, like, proper during that time. So, little bruh, and, you know, if there's anything you ever need, as always, uh, reach out. Let's stay connected. Tell the fam. Tell everybody. Tell uh, Raquel Nicasio, everybody. I said, what's up? Tell Mikey. I said, what's up? Man, it's been a minute since I've, I've seen Mikey, but yeah, let's uh, let's stay connected, and um, I appreciate you. But get, give everybody all your info. Not that you need anybody to uh, come in and, 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 and promo you, but let just everyone who's not no, yeah, you potentially can heard about um, you or your listen, show man, go Instagram, ahead and give them like all said, your main focus social media handle. Tino Cochino Radio. Uh, I run the page, but it's obviously solely based around the show and everybody. So you're getting Raquel on there. Uh, Matt, for our parents out there, that's our dad of the show. You got Nicasio's wild ass. Um, dude, we just have fun, man. And we got our podcast links on there. Everything you need is going to be on our Instagram. So you can just hit the Instagram. It's at Tino Cochino Radio. And Mark, thank you, bro. You were talking earlier about how nobody would be, you know, like the Albuquerque people wouldn't be where they are without Tony. And I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without you, without Tony, without everybody I've come across. I feel like I've truly been blessed to meet just the dope. Everybody's had different perspectives and different deliveries and uh, you know, just different ideas of how to execute. And I've really like learned from the best of you and took it all. And that's kind of how I've turned me into me and this into this. So thank you, bro. Like literally for inspiring me. Just look forward to seeing you grow and grow.